Over the Fence Podcast. We're back, and we have a new playoff baseball classic, and it is an amazing game. A game that, frankly, I'm surprised doesn't get talked about more when you think about great games from the past. We hear a lot about um, Red Sox-Reds, 1975, Mets-Red Sox, 1986, and um, some of the more recent ones, you know, 2011 Game 6, and of course, Cubs and Cleveland in 2016. But an amazing game. Those are all World Series games, of course. But if we're talking about um, League Championship Series games, one of the greatest that you can think of that you might ever see anywhere is the 1980 League Championship Series of the National League Game 5 between the Phillies and the Houston Astros. This is a game at the Astrodome. This was a deciding game. In those days, the League Championship Series was five games. And um, these teams had really been going at it for a couple days and we're going to go over this game today. We're going to talk about this. There were some uh, a, a lot of interesting turns. And um, so we're just going to get into it. So this would have been going into this series. The Astros had been around since 1962. They had not won a pennant before. Um, so this would have been their first pennant, their first chance to go to the World Series. The Philadelphia Phillies had been to the World Series twice before. One was in 1915. The other was in 1950. Remember, this is 1980 here. They'd been around since 1883. This would be their third pennant. They had not won a World Series yet. The Phillies, um, the recent history of the two teams, the Phillies over the last couple of years had been winning the National League East just about every year. They won in 76, 77, and 78, but they lost the League Championship Series all three of those years. In 76, they lost to the Reds, and in 77 and 78, they lost to the Dodgers, and then in 79, um, they did not win the division. The Pirates did. And the Pirates went on to win the World Series. But in 1980, um, they got things together. They got everything. Um, they got their act together in 1980. Pete Rose arrived as a free agent. Actually, he arrived as a free agent in the uh, 79 season. His 79 was his first year there. And they only finished fourth that year. But in 1980, they got themselves together. They won the division that year by one game over Montreal. They had a 91-71 and 71 record. And they found themselves in this series facing Houston. Houston, um, they were originally known as the Colt 45s until 1965 when they moved to the Astrodome and became the Houston Astros. And they had never finished higher than third until 1979. And uh, that's when they finished second. And then in 1980, they won their first division. So this was their first division ever. Um, and uh, they brought in Nolan Ryan as a free agent that year. So he was a free agent coming over from the California Angels to his home state of Texas. And, um, of course, we know what a great strikeout pitcher he was and uh, Ryan Express and everything. And he actually started this game. He actually did not win. He did not lead the, lead the um, Houston Astros in wins that year. Joe Necro did. He won. Joe Necro, the knuckleballer, won 20. Ryan only won 11. But he had a lower ERA and way more strikeouts. So that's how these teams found themselves here. The team split the first two seri- games of the series in Philly. So the way they did it was you had the first two games in Philly. And then the last three in Houston. And it's not like now where it was done by who had the better record or whatever. It was all just arbitrary. It was just random. You know, one year, one year the National League had the, the East had the home field advantage. The next year, the West had the home field advantage. So this year, the West happened to have the home field advantage. And that's the Astros. So first two games were in Philly. They split those two. Houston won um, game three. I mean, a very close one. Three nothing at home. One nothing at home. That was game three. So now Houston's up 2-0 there. Uh, sorry, two to one there, 
And then you had game four where there was a big controversial play in the fourth inning where it's something was a triple play. And it was a question, was it a triple play or a double play? And did someone catch it on the fly or not? And um, I saw what they were talking about. And they interviewed the umpire before this game to talk to him about why he ruled the way that he did. So there was a lot of controversy with that. We won't get into too many details of that because there's a lot of details to get into with this one. So we're just going to go there. But um, the Phillies ended up winning that game in, in extra innings to tie up the series. In fact, the last three games of this series, games two, three, and four, had all gone into extra innings. So here we are, game five, and um, it's a night game. It's October 12th, 1980. It's indoors, and it's on AstroTurf, of course. And so you got a whole huge pumped-up crowd of Houston fans. The place is most likely sold out. Um, everybody's really excited about this. The Astros are wearing their iconic tequila sunrise uniforms, the multicolored hues of orange going around the stomach, going on the sleeves. Um, the word Astros in navy blue just under the collar, name and number on the back in navy blue, navy amid the orange hues on the back. Um, they're wearing their orange hats. They were orange hats at the times with orange bills and a white H with a navy blue star behind that. And they had um, the pants had a... Mild rainbow stripe going down the pants on either side. The Phillies are in their also iconic powder blues with the zip-up jerseys. This is very 1970s, comma, 1980. Um, they had the crimson baseball caps with the white P and the baseball on the inside. Crimson P with a baseball on the inside on the jersey. Number on the left side. Name a number on the back in crimson. And a crimson stripe down the leg. So we're getting started. Pete Rose is the leadoff batter. He steps up. He gets booed. Um, Nolan Ryan is on the mound. The broadcasters for this game, by the way, are this game was on ABC and it was Keith Jackson and Don Drysdale, who are a little tough to tell apart sometimes. Both uh, Southern gentlemen with um, very, um, you know, very esteemed kind of drawl and um, very interesting to listen to both of them. And you got Howard Cosell, who you definitely cannot mistake Anybody against Howard Cosell anywhere, ever. <laughs> and we'll talk about that more as we go on. But, um, yeah, you're going to know him when you hear him. So here we are. It's game five. Nolan Ryan's on the mound. Pete Rose leads off. And they talk about his career numbers in the NLCS. So his averages are most years are over 300-plus. Some are 400-plus. He was clutch. He played in the postseason many times with the Reds, of course. Um, this was his first time in the postseason with the Phillies. And Ryan's throwing hard. Um, Ryan comes up and he's he's throwing very hard. Um, Rose strikes out looking. He looks back to ask the umpire where it was, but clearly, um, you know, just getting a good idea of um, where the strike zone is. But he strikes out looking, so um, he's out. So that's out one. Big McBride's up next, and um, Ryan's throwing very hard, as I said. His first pitch to McBride is 98 miles an hour. Now, this is 1980. You didn't have... So many pitchers like nowadays throwing triple digits and so on. So Ryan throwing that hard was pretty remarkable. And um, the crowd's into it and they're chanting and everything like that. And um, McBride flies out to Jose Cruz in left field. And then Mike Schmidt's up next and he flies out also. So that's the first inning. Kind of uneventful, but you just kind of get an idea of the sense of the game and the sense of um, what's going on with this crowd and everything like that and um, how excited everybody is. So... We go to the bottom of the first. Now, the pitcher for the Phillies is Marty Bystrom. Marty Bystrom is um, a minor leaguer, and he, up until August, he had been in the minor leagues. He's young. He's 23 years of age, and 
up until up until August, he'd been in the minors, but they called him up when um, another starter was hurt, Nino Espinoza. So um, he was allowed to they were allowed to use him, even though he'd been in the farm system in August because someone had gotten hurt. He's only 22 years of age. Actually, I said 23, but he's 22. And that makes him the youngest ever to start in a deciding postseason game up to this point. Um, Marty Bystrom, he's got the he's got the full, you know, 1970s look with the curly kind of orange afro thing going. <laughs> um, anyhow, Terry Poole leads off. Now, Terry Poole's a player that I remember playing in the late 80s, early 90s. But if you've watched Terry Poole in this series, you'd think that Terry Poole had superstar written all over him. He was having a brilliant series. He was red hot. And um, he comes up and he singles right away. So that's the seventh hit of the series. Remember, this is game five. Um, now, most of these hitters hadn't seen Bystrom before, but Poole right away steps up, gets a single. Enos Cabello is the next batter. Enos Cabello is kind of, um, I don't want to say he's light hitting, but he hasn't been great in this series. He has, especially in scoring position, a uh, thin guy. He's the third baseman for the Astros. The Astros, by the way, on this team don't have a ton of well-known players, not a lot of stars, but um, a lot of guys that just get the job done. So um, they're expecting Terry Poole to steal, and there's a pitch out, but he's not going. And uh, they throw the first couple times. He's not going. He falls behind Bystrom, the kid, falls behind Cabell 2-0. Then he falls behind 3-0. Then Poole finally goes as Cabell flies out to Big McBride and right. So um, Poole has to go back. So Cabell fails to advance the runner. But he doesn't go out to a double play. Joe Morgan's up next. Joe Morgan, the old pro. Now, um, Howard Cosell starts to wax poetic on um, what a great pro he is, that he's playing on one leg. Apparently, he's got a major leg injury. He's still playing on it. Um, Morgan, at this point, you know, on the tail end of his career, former teammate of Pete Rose, um, who's he's facing against in this one. And he's up at bat. And um, Poole takes off as Morgan takes a pitch. It's low, and the throw's not in time. So Poole's on second base now, one out. They show the replay from the gondola. They do this a lot. Um, the gondola is something they have at the top of the Astrodome that they just kind of focus straight down the camera and they just show, um, you know, everything from that vantage point from way, way up. You can't do a blimp shot with the Astrodome because it's closed. So they have a camera way at the top of the Astrodome itself, just showing everything. So they show this occasionally. It's not bad. You know, it's not a bad view. There are some other views they take here that are horrible, which we'll get into. Um... Now there's a man in scoring position, and there's one out. Morgan gets a long, long fly ball. Um, but it's playable. Maddox has it. Pool tags. He goes over to third base. So now there's two outs. Now Pool's on third. And Jose Cruz comes up. Now every time Jose Cruz comes up, the crowd goes, Cruz. And um, so it's that shows how much enthusiasm they have there. He lines a single to right field along the foul line, and Pool easily scores on that. So now Houston has the early lead, one nothing. Danny Walling's the next batter, and he hits a grounder. He grounds out to Manny Trio, who makes a nice stop and a, a nice spin and throws him out. So at the end of the first, Houston's up one nothing. We go to the top of the second. So now um, they put up a stat that the Astros are 32-6 and six in games in which they score first in the Astronome. And that's obviously what they've just done. Greg Lazinski's the first batter for Philly. Greg Lazinski, they used to call him the bull. This guy has arms the size of most people's legs. I mean, he was huge. Um, he strikes out looking on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. Ryan's still throwing hard. Manny Trio, he's hitting 300 in the series. He's the second baseman for the Phillies. He's up next. 
and he loops a single to center that drops in front of Terry Poole. Now Gary Maddox comes up. He's hitting 313 in this series, and he's also playing great defense. And Ryan walks him on four pitches, which is kind of odd. Ryan's been pretty pinpoint, but he walks him on four pitches. That moves Trio over to second. Now it's first and second, and Larry Bow is up, the shortstop. He's kind of <clears throat> kind of light hitting. And he hits a hard grounder back to the mound. Ryan knocks it down, throws him out, but the other two runners move up. So now there's two outs, and there's runners on second and third. And Bob Boone, the catcher, is up, and Marty Bystrom, the pitcher, is up after him. So you think in a situation like this, maybe they decide to walk Bob Boone and go after the pitcher. But what they decide to do, and apparently this decision is from the Astros' dugout, is to try to get Bob Boone so you can have the pitcher leading off in the next inning. And it backfires. Yeah, so there you have it. Um, you hear the commentators and their their thoughts about it. The Phillies quickly have taken the lead. They're up 2-1 to one based on that decision. So um, for the rest of this inning, you can see Nolan Ryan is really ticked off about this. I mean, you know, he you see him just putting his hands on his knees and exhaling and he, he's annoyed. I mean, I, I don't know if this was I don't know if this was his decision. I don't know if this came from the dugout or what. They talk about it more later in the game. But this really um, just is something that surely he regretted greatly um, going along with because um, obviously Boone gets that single. That's two runs in and now Bystrom's up anyway. So the whole thing about um, having the pitcher lead off the next inning, well, it backfires in this case. So of um Bystrom ends up um chopping out the shortstop. Um the shortstop Craig Reynolds throws him out. Actually he just steps on second base and gets the force, and that's the end of the inning. But the damage is done. The Phillies are up two to one. So we gotta go to the bottom of the second. And Art Howe is the first baseman for the Astros, and he's leading off. He hits a broken bat looper, um, which is caught by Trio at second base. The bat just explodes, it goes in all different directions, but Trio makes the catch anyway. And uh, some of the bat even goes into the crowd. And um, Keith Jackson um, gets pretty animated seeing this, but um, everybody's okay, and that's one out. Luis Pujols is up next. He's a catcher for the Astros, and he's also hurt, um, but he's playing. Um, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to play. He's got a bad ankle, but um, it was a last-minute decision, a game-time decision, really. They decide to let him play, um, and Alan Ashby is the other catcher, and Pujols draws a walk. Then Craig Reynolds comes up, the shortstop, and um, he's not really having a good series at the plate. But um, he's barely gotten a ball out of the infield, in fact, during the course of this. But he gets one out of the infield here. He hits a ground ball down the first baseline. Pujols chugs around on that same bad ankle. He runs as hard as he can. He has to slow up a little bit um, to slide into Aaron Boone. At, uh, Aaron Boone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Into Bob Boone, Aaron Boone's dad, who's the catcher. Um, he makes it all the way around third base and has to slide into Bob Boone at home. And Trio's relay throw 
from the outfield is perfect. Trio gets the relay at second base, throws that relay into home plate, and um, and he's out. Pujols is out. And then he gets up limping, but he manages to stay in the game. You know that had to have been painful, going around those bases on that bad ankle and then sliding right into Boone. And in those days, the catcher was allowed to block the plate, and Boone did. Um, Boone's a tough catcher, you can tell. And it looks a lot like Aaron. Or I should say Aaron looks like him at this point. Um, Nolan Ryan is up next, hitting for himself, and he grounds out. So the Astros failed to score. So it's still 2-1 to one Philly. So we go to the top of the third. Pete Rose is up again. And um, he hits a single on the first pitch. Um, yeah, he lines a single on the first pitch all the way to left field. I'm just going through my notes here and just hoping that uh, everything's still legible. Um, that's his eighth single of the series. And that's another record for him. He's got all kinds of records for the League Championship Series. He's played in a lot of them. Um, he's also hit safely in 14 straight games. That's also another record. So that's Pete Rose. He's on first base. So Big McBride's up next. Big McBride's a speedster. He's the right fielder. He's good defensively. He runs like a deer. Um, Rose is running on the pitch, and it's fouled off. And on his way back, he gives uh, his old teammate Joe Morgan at second base a smack across the chest. Those guys apparently have been riding each other the whole game, uh, the whole series, you know, giving each other, uh, you know, uh, joking around a lot before games and so on. They're good buddies. They used to play on the Reds together, won championships there together. Um, Ryan, um, you can actually hear him at this point. He's throwing very hard. He's grunting with every fastball. So nobody out, man on first. McBride strikes out trying to chop at a fastball. And uh, so he's out. So that's one out. So now Mike Schmidt's up. Mike Schmidt, the big slugger, he had 121 RBIs in the regular season. He's only had one so far in this series. And Rose runs again, and Pujols throws him out. Um, Joe Morgan makes a great tag. He gets his old teammate, um, Pete Rose, over at second base. And um, he tried to, Rose tried to do a certain slide where he would try to get his legs around around um, Joe Morgan, but it didn't work. Morgan's the old pro. Even though he's got the bad leg, he was still able to make that play. Schmidt strikes out looking, and that's the end of the inning. So Ryan is still, aside from that mistake with um, Bob Boone, he's still pretty much in control. But the Phillies are still leading 2-1. to one. We go to the bottom of the third. Terry Poole, the red-hot Terry Poole is up at bat. It's the top of the order. Second time around against Bystrom. We'll see what they can do. Poole hits a short a shot to right field for a single. So now he's 2-2, two for two, and he's having a crazy series. Now Enos Cabell. They're expecting him to bunt, and um, after a few throws to first, they finally throw a pitch to the plate, and he's not bunting. And he pops the first pitch behind the plate, and Bob Moon catches it in foul territory. So that's another questionable decision by Bill Verdon, the um, Houston Astros manager, not having him bunt. He pops up, but at least he hasn't ground to a double play again. He has not been good with runners on, runners in scoring position, and so on. Joe Morgan is up next, and Howard Cosell... um, Again, brings up the whole situation with um, with Boone and um, him not walking him. Drysdale says that he's got to do it on his own. He says, you know, even uh, he says, I still can't believe just kind of out of nowhere. He just brings it up. And I still can't believe that Nolan Ryan didn't walk Bob Boone in that last inning or two innings ago. And Drysdale tells him, hey, he's got to do that on his own. You know, even if the dugout tells him we're not going to walk him or um, yeah, even if the dugout tells him we're going to go after Boone and we're not going to go after the pitcher, if he knows it's the right choice to walk Boone and go after the pitcher. He's just got to do it on his own. So that's what Drysdale says, and Drysdale would know. He was a great pitcher with the Dodgers for many years just before this. So anyway, back to the game. Morgan's up, and he flies out to deep center. Maddox catches it on the warning track. Poole had already turned second, but he has to go turn around and go all the way back to first, and he gets there. Um, 
Morgan gets back to the dugout. He's upset. He throws his helmet into the rack. He thought he had one. He thought he had one over the fence, but no, not so much. So now Jose Cruz is up, and there's um, they're pitching. Um, sorry. Yeah, Jose Cruz is up, and he draws a walk. They're not paying as much attention to Terry Poole over at first base. And um, Cruz draws a walk. So now it's first and second, and Denny Walling's up next. And he hits a, hits a hard one over to right field. It's a long streaming liner, but McBride has it. And they're hitting the ball pretty hard against Bystrom, but he's managing to get by. So no runs in that inning for Houston. So we move on. So the top of the fourth is uh, pretty uneventful. The Phillies actually go down one, two, three. We go back to the bottom of the fourth, and Art Howe is up for the Astros. And this is something I've never seen before. He, apparently, he was standing too far outside of the batter's box. Apparently, he was standing too far back in the batter's box. And the umpire actually took his bat from him and used it to draw a line in the dirt for where he needed to stand. So um, the, the commentators think that Boone said something, that Boone must have looked up to the umpire and said, hey, he's too far back in the box. And so the umpire takes um, Howard Howe's bat, draws a line, and says, okay, you can't go any further back than that. So, you know, the crowd's a little, you know, buzzing a little bit about that, not liking it. Howe just, you know, he cooperates, gets back in the box, and hits a single. So it doesn't affect him to center field. So he's on first base now. Remember, it's still 2-1 to one Phillies. And here we are in the bottom of the fourth. Luis Pujols, that injured catcher with the bad ankles, up next. And he hits into a fielder's choice at third. Schmidt forces out um, Howe at second. So now um, Pujols is on first, the runner with the bad ankle. And there's one out. Craig Reynolds bounces out to the second baseman. Trio, that moves Pujols to third, to second, though. Um, it's hit pretty slowly, so Trio doesn't have a play at second. So he ends up going to first. So now Pujols is on second, but now there's two outs. And now Nolan Ryan comes up to hit for himself. And the commentators mentioned that he's hit a home run in the Astrodome this season before, so he's no slouch. And Bystrom keeps double-checking. He double-checks the signs with Boone. Um, Boone comes out. They check everything out because Pujols is on second. He can steal signs if he's able to. And they go with this. Now, here's what I was talking about. They, have, they go with this, this camera angle, which is behind home plate but above home plate, where now you can't really tell... There's no reason to take it because there isn't going to be a stolen base here. Luis Pujols isn't going anywhere. There's no reason to go with this angle. It's like this angle that if you watch one of these really old games from the 50s on YouTube, a lot of them have that angle because they didn't have the center field camera yet. But now this is 1980 and you have the center field camera. You should just use it all the time. There's no reason for going into a pitch for you to have an angle above the catcher and above the pitcher where basically you can barely even tell what kind of pitch is being thrown or anything that's happening. And they go with that. And during the course of, they go with that during the course of part of Ryan's at bat, he strikes out. That's the end of the inning. Um, that's my rant on ABC's choice on cameras in this game and in certain in certain instances. So we go to the top of the fifth, still two to one Philly. Larry Bow is up leading off for the Phillies and the crowd is doing this chant, which they do occasionally. During this game, Derby leads Seattle upset by Cleveland. Western Division wide open again. He wants Larry Boa up, takes a strike. Here's John. All right, Keith Boa, you'll be. What they're chanting there is Houston Astros. And um, hopefully the audio is not great. So hopefully um, I know there's a lot of buzzing. So I'm kind of trying to keep the audio to a minimum with this one. 
Um, the audio on this video was not very good. There was another version of this that was up online and that was taken down. And so I had to go with a different version, which um, I'm thankful that this version is here and that this person posted it. But the audio is not great. But the cool thing about this version, though, is that there are commercials. And I kind of like watching the 1980 commercials. That was just kind of fun for me. Um, okay. So anyway, Larry Bowe's up. They're chanting Houston, Astros, and uh, Bowe strikes out. Bob Boone is up next after that. So one out. And um, Howard Cosell again brings up the situation about Ryan not walking him earlier. Boone flies out this time, so it's quickly two outs. And then uh, Marty Bystrom comes up and he strikes out. So this time they do clear the pitcher. <laughs> well, actually, no, they wanted the pitcher to lead off the next inning. So they don't, that doesn't work this time either. So they'll have to start with the, um, it works for the Phillies that they clear the pitcher. So we go to the bottom of the fifth. Terry pulls up again, that man. But Gary Maddox is not in center field. Um, we have to wait. Gary Maddox isn't on the field. I've seen this happen once before um, during another game in the 69 World Series with the Mets. One of the Orioles players just wasn't on the field when, uh, when the inning started. And um, you wonder about baseball players. And if you, know, if you end up having to you know, use the bathroom or something like that between innings, can you always get back in time? Those things happen. I'm sure. Who knows what was going on with Maddox? But anyway. Um, it's a wonder that doesn't happen in baseball more often. Eventually he runs out. Um, meanwhile, they're doing a voiceover for that's incredible, which is very 1980. Um, they're doing a voiceover promo for that. Anyway, pulls up. Finally, they get him out. He grounds out to first base. Rose takes it himself. So finally they get him out. Now, Enos Cabell and, um, Bystrom starting to settle in and Enos Cabell this time actually hits a single to left field. See, now it's, it's just amazing that when nobody on, he hits well, but with people on, he's not hitting well. So he's got, a, he's got five hits in the series, none of them with runners on. And he has no hits in the, in the series with runners on. Joe Morgan's up next. It starts to get really loud. The count runs to 3-0. and The pitching coach comes out to talk to Bystrom mid at bat. And um, after the conference, Morgan's taking all the way. It's 3-1. and Morgan then hits a sharp grounder into the hole between first and second. And Rose makes a great backhand stop. Um, so Rose is able to rob his teammate. And it's just an amazing play. And um, that gets him. He's able to um, get his teammate at first. So Jose Cruz is up next. And the crowd goes Cruz as they do. Cabell actually makes it the second on that play. So he's on second. Um, but there's one out. So actually there's two outs because Poole made it out earlier in the inning. He grounds out to um, he grounds one to a trio at second base. Does Cruz. It's a very routine, routine one. The throw to first base is too high and pulls Rose off the bag. But Rose spins and guns it home to get Cabell when he's trying to get home. Um, matter of fact, we'll do the auto for that. Yeah, so that's pretty much what happened. Um, Cabell going around third base was a little bit slow because he was watching the play. Had, been, had he been going all the way, would he have definitely beaten it? I don't know because I'm actually looking at the replay a second time and they got him by a full step. So did he lose a full step just by turning around and looking? I'm not sure. I don't know. Howard Cosell kind of gets on him here. I don't know if it's entirely justified. I think they might have had him anyway, but it definitely would have been closer. So at any rate, that's what happens and the Astros don't score there. So the top of the six, we're up to the top of the six now, and the Phillies are at bat, and they go down one, two, three. 
So we'll go to the bottom of the six. Bottom of the six, both bullpens are active by now. Ryan is due up fourth. So the Astros are up and the Astros are batting and Ryan's due up fourth. And Denny Walling leads up, leads off. He hits a liner that goes off of Lazinski's glove in left field. Uh, Lazinski overran the ball. And um, so Denny Walling um, ends up getting, going all the way to second base on that. They call it an error. And it is an error. Um, it wasn't an easy play, but Lazinski completely misjudged it and he overran it and it just wasn't a good play. So now the Astrodome is really alive. They're still down two to one and Art Howe is up at bat and the crowd is chatting. We want a hit. We want a hit. Very impersonal chant. You hear that sometimes now too. Um, Howe doesn't get a hit. He grounds out to third baseman Schmidt and the runner can't even move over from second. So he doesn't advance the runner and now there's one out and a man still on second. Alan Ashby is going to pinch it for the... Injured catcher Luis Pujols, the catcher who's been catching, but he's got the bad ankle. So Alan Ashby's going to come in and pinch it for him. So now we're going to start seeing some of the moves that these managers make. So now we're going to start seeing the whole chess game between the two of them. So it heats up here. Anyway, Alan Ashby's in, and uh, Maddox, um, I'm sorry, he singles up the middle. Maddox charges it pretty well in center and throws home, and um, he just misses getting Walling at the plate, but Walling does score. Um, it was a pretty good throw, but it wasn't quite good enough. So that ties the game at two. Bystrom's out of the game. That does it for him. He's pulled from the game. They bring in Warren Brewster. Warren Brewster is a guy with a serious 1980 mustache and a huge wad of chaw on his right cheek. And um, just looks very much like the baseball player of the era. And um, if, he was an, if he wasn't a baseball player, I don't know what he would have done. Because this guy just looks like the typical baseball player of that time. Anyways, Craig Reynolds is up. The shortstop. There's a man on first. There's one out. He flies out to Maddox in center field. Um, so now there's two outs. Nolan Ryan's going to bat for himself. They don't take Nolan Ryan out, even though there are two men warming up in the bullpen for the Astros. They're going to leave Ryan in, and it's the sixth inning. And the game's tied at two. But they let Ryan bat for himself. This is definitely 1980. This is not 2021 or 2022 because you'd never see that now. Okay, Ryan is um, he's 0 for 2. They say he can hit. He can hit for himself a little bit, but he doesn't hit here. Um... He slices a, a ball out to right field, but Baker McBride's able to track it down, and that's the end of the inning. So the Astros have tied it up. So we go to the top of the seventh, and um, the Phillies are up. Lazinski leads off, um, trying to redeem, redeem himself after that error. He hits a single on a 98-mile-an-hour pitch by um, Ryan. Ryan's still throwing 98 miles an hour at this point. I'm not sure how many pitches he's throwing, but he's throwing 98. Lonnie Smith comes up, and he comes in to pinch run for Lazinski. So now we're getting all the shifts, as I said. So Lonnie Smith comes in to pinch run for Lazinski, and Manny Trio's up. And he's having a pretty good series, but they expect a bunt. He tries, and he fouls one along the first baseline. And um, Cabell, the third baseman, is way in, but um, he doesn't bunt again. Eventually, he flies out to center field. Fairly deep, but not deep enough. Um, so Smith was halfway to second, and he couldn't tag. So that probably wasn't very heads-up base running on Smith's part. He was halfway to second base when that ball was hit. And um, so he couldn't tag, so he has to go back to first. And um, Gary Maddox is next. And he hits a grounder to the third baseman, Schmidt. And um, Schmidt throws him out. Sorry, that's Denny Walling, not Schmidt, who threw him out at um, third base. He hits the, he throws the fielder's choice. The inning's over. We go to the seventh inning, still tied at two. All right, so Larry Christensen is the new Phillies pitcher, and Greg Gross comes in to play left field in place of Lazinski, so Lonnie Smith doesn't stay in the game. It's a double switch. So he'll hit ninth, which is due up third in the next inning. 
The crowd's chanting that Houston Astros chant again, and Terry Poole's leading off again. So he fouls up off. He fouls one off of the umpire, and this actually leads to a delay because the umpire um, has to go into the Houston dugout. They work on him a little bit, but he goes back out there. But um, yeah, he took a he took a, a foul ball off of himself. So now Poole hits a, hits a single. He hits a single, so good for him. He's still red hot in this series. And Enos Cabell comes up. Now remember, he's been bad with runners on scoring, runners on base. In any way, he's been bad. And he's not a good bunner, but he puts down a good one on the first base. In fact, he puts down a perfect bunt down the first baseline. Rose can only go to Trio, who's covering first. So they get Cabell, but the bunt is perfect, and that moves the go-ahead run into scoring position. And Joe Morgan's up. And Cosell, of course, is again um, talking about how great he is and everything, playing on that one leg. And with first base open, they decide to pitch to him and not to to Joe Jose Cruz, who's due up next. He grounds out to third base the opposite way, and Poole doesn't advance from third. Doesn't advance to third, excuse me. So now there's two outs, and Poole's still on third. Now Jose Cruz is up, and they chant Cruz as they always do. And they intentionally walk Cruz. They're going to take their chances with Walling. Walling singles to right field, and the throw from McBride is cut off. Actually, let's do audio here. All right, Howard's going to go on a little rant there. That's okay. Um, so that there you have it. The Astros take the lead there, 3-2 to two on that single. Art Howe's up next. The crowd's going nuts. nuts. And um, the first pitch actually gets past Bob Boone, and Cruz scores on that. So it makes it 4-2 to two Houston. So now Houston has the lead 4-2. to two. This is all with two outs. Christensen's removed from the game. They bring in Ron Reed as the new pitcher. Art Howe hits a gapper into, into, um, on the first pitch. Wallen scores on that. Howe has a triple. The crowd's really going nuts. Cosell's really going nuts. Now it's 5-2 to two Houston. Um, they pull out Art Howe, and he's pinch run for by with uh, Dave Bergman. So it's crazy. The guy just hit a triple, and they're pulling him for a pinch runner. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes, I guess. So um, Dave Bergman is pinch running for him. So Art Howe's out of the game. Alan Ashby, the new catcher. He flies out to left field, and that ends the inning. But the Astros come up big, and um, Keith Jackson he's go, even goes as far as to make this comment. Well, if you plan on coming to Houston, don't do it right away, because they're going to have a party down here unless something terribly dramatic happens on the part of the village. And then we go to the top of the eighth. The top of the eighth inning, the Phillies are at bat. They're down five to two. Raphael Landestoy comes in to play for Morgan at second base for Houston. You remember Morgan's got that bad leg. Dave Bergman's the new first baseman. He pinch ran for Art Howe. He's now playing first. Nolan Ryan is still on the mound. Larry Boa leads off. Bottom of the order. Boa, Boone, and Greg Gross. Greg Gross. And Nolan Ryan, though tired, still throwing hard, still in control. Boa hits a looper over the shortstop Craig Reynolds' head in short for a single. Warm-up action going in the Houston bullpen. Joe Sambito and Ken Forsh are warming up. 
Bob Boone's up next. He hits a grounder off Ryan's glove. Everybody's safe. Ryan doesn't get him. Nobody gets anybody. So now it's first and second. Nobody out. So there's a little bit of a break for Philly. Now Greg Gross is up. Remember, this is the bottom of the lineup. He lays down a bunt along the third baseline. Cabell can't get to it, and neither can Ryan. Bases are loaded. Nobody's out. The crowd is stunned. Astros are up 5-2, to two, but the Phillies have the bases loaded. Nobody out. Now it's to the top of the order. And here comes Pete Rose. Ryan's still throwing pretty hard, still grunting, overthrowing sometimes. Over 100 pitches now. Rose walks, throws the bat with just a, just a determination, just really hyped up. He's pumped up. That walks in a run. Now it's 5-3. to three. The Phillies haven't hit a ball hard yet, but they haven't gotten any, the Astros haven't gotten anybody out yet. And that's it for Ryan. He comes out. Of course, he gets a standing ovation as he deserves. And Joe Sambito comes in. Ryan actually waits for him. This is something you don't see very often. Ryan actually stands on the mound with the manager and the catcher and whoever else and waits for Sambito to come to the mound and give Sambito the ball himself. Then he goes off the mound and gets a huge hand. But obviously, he's upset. He gets into the dugout, takes off his hat, sits down. He's upset he couldn't finish this one. We go. Um, so Keith Moreland is a catcher. He's going to pinch hit for Bake McBride. So a little more shuffling of the deck going on. Base is still loaded and uh, nobody out. And um, so Bake McBride's spot is going to be taken. And Keith Moreland, who's a catcher, is going to come in and pinch hit for him. And Moreland hits into a fielder's choice. Second baseman over to short. They get Rose there, but another run scores and it's now 5-4 to four Houston. So now Sambito is taken out of the game and they bring in Ken Forsh. Force is, being brought, Force is being brought in to face Mike Schmidt. He's a righty. So and here's something interesting. ABC doesn't go to a commercial here, so good job by ABC. They don't go to a commercial. They go over this whole thing. You can feel the tension building. This is where the game really starts to heat up. And um, Roman Aviles is going to come in and pinch run for Moreland. So Moreland, who just got that um, hit into that fielder's choice and is on first base, now he's out for Roland, Roman Aviles, who can run. And Schmidt strikes out looking. The crowd goes nuts. Cosell goes nuts. Um, they're able to get him, but um, that there is still some damage that's already been done, and that's only the first out. Actually, no, that's the second out, excuse me, because of the fielder's choice. So now there's two outs, but the Phillies still have something going, and um, Del Unser is up next. This is a good contact hit. There's been so many changes that um, Keith Jackson couldn't even remember who the base runner was because they've changed and shuffled the deck so much here, changing things up. Anyway, the Phillies dugout is going bananas, as you would imagine. They've tied the game up on that base hit. And um, Manny Trio is up next. You have never seen a dugout as influ as enthusiastic as this Phillies dugout. They are jumping up and down. They are jumping on each other. They are hitting each other in the head. They are going absolutely crazy. They have come all the way back. They were down five to two. Keith Jackson said there was about to be a party in Houston. 
well, it looks like that party. Um, we don't know if we don't know what's going to happen here, but it's now seven to five Philadelphia. They came all the way back in this inning. What a crazy game! That ball went into the left field corner. The left fielder juggled it around a little bit. So because of that, the runner was able to come all the way around and score. And it was it's seven to five Philly. So um, you've never seen anything like this. Bill Verdon comes out to the mound. Trio's on third. Trio gets a triple on that play, and um, he comes out to the mound to talk to Forsh. And he decides to leave Forsh in. And uh, with Gary Maddox up, he gets him to fly out. So that's the end of the inning. But the damage is done. The Phillies have taken the lead back. It is 7-5. to five. This game is absolutely crazy. And we're going to the bottom of the eighth. And the Astros are going to take their shot. And now we get a real character coming to the mound for the Phillies. And that's Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw, if you got to believe, fame of 73 Mets, 69 Mets fame. Well, now it's 1980. And he's a Philly. And he's one of their closers. He's one of their big um, relief guys. And they're going to him. They're going to rely on him to try to, you know, hopefully for them, finish this off. Um, in those days, of course, your closer was expected to get more than just three outs. So here he is leading off, um, starting out the eighth, expected to get through the eighth and the ninth. They want him to be the go-to. Craig Reynolds is up. And um, he loses his bat on a slow grounder up the middle. But by the time Chio gets it, he has no play. So Craig Reynolds is on. Gary Woods is up in the pitcher spot, and the crowd's starting to get a little hype now for Houston. They got a man on first and nobody out, but Woods strikes out looking on a screwball. And now it's Terry Poole, man on first and now one out. And Terry Poole on the first pitch hits a shot to right field for his fourth hit of the night. Reynolds goes all the way to third. That's 10 hits in the series now for Poole, and that's a record. That breaks Pete Rose's record. So Terry Poole is just tearing it up. He's doing an amazing job in this series. Now Enos Cabell's up. Now, why don't they pinch it for Enos Cabell? I don't know. I think, um, well, actually, they talk about it a little bit later. There were a lot of injuries on this team, and they actually didn't have some of the players that they were expecting to have going into this series. So they had to go with Enos Cabell on the spot like this. Remember, he's not good with runners in scoring position. He's pretty good with runners on base at all. He's pretty good with nobody on base, but with runners on base, he doesn't do so well. And um, Cosell actually comments on it here about the rash of injuries that are making this necessary. Um, So he strikes out looking. He gets booed a little bit. Now there are two outs. And Rafael Landestoy, who replaced Joe Morgan for defense, comes up. And he hits a single to left. That scores Reynolds. And that makes it 7-6 to Philadelphia. So the Astros get one back. Now Jose Cruz is up. And um, Jose Cruz, of course, he gets a chance of Cruz. First and second, two outs. He runs the count all the way to 2-1. And And, um, the Phillies have two men going in the Phillies' bullpen, in their bullpen. And the crowd's really hyped up. So he fouls off a 2-2 pitch which is a good pitch to hit and, um, you know, seems to regret it a little bit. They give shots of both dugouts. This is really good work by ABC here. You see the Phillies dugout and um, everybody's on the top step. You see players, players leaning in. Um, you see um, nowadays this will be close-ups of players' faces, but this is pretty good what they do here is you can really see the tension anyway. Um, you see everybody just um, really, really getting involved in this as it's a really huge moment. And, Meanwhile, Bob Boone is over at, at, at the mound, and he's talking to the pitcher. Then um, Cruz fouls another one back, and then this. Unbelievable. Game tied at seven. 
Fans are going bonkers. The Astros are hyped up. Not quite as much as the Phillies were, but they're pretty hyped up. They've managed to tie this one out. There's a conference at the mound, a whole bunch of beautiful powder blue and crimson 1970s style uniforms standing around that mound. Um, and a Green decides to leave McGraw in. This is his guy. He really wants McGraw to get it. But, you know, McGraw's let in the tying run, but they're going to leave him in. They're going to go with him. This is um, this is why he's here. And they're going to stick with him. And um, Drysdale actually um, gives an assessment of it and says, yeah, you know, that's that's what Drysdale, that's what um that's what Dallas Green, the manager of the Phillies, wants. He wants McGraw here. So Denny Walling is up, and with two outs, he hits a, a hard one, but right to Boa at shortstop, and Boa just tosses it over to Trio at second base for the force, and that ends the inning. As we go to the top of the ninth, Howard Cosell says this is maybe one of the best league championship series ever. I mean, the league championship series started in 1969. This is 1980, so there hadn't been that many of them at this point. But um, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, just looking at this, this is the only game of this series that I've seen. And um, it's amazing. And just going over the box scores of some of the others, they must have been a pretty, um, pretty interesting games, too, just from what I'm seeing there. The crowd is chanting Houston Astros again. Larry Boa leads off. And um, Cruz playing a little shallow. He hits a little looper. And um, Cruz has to short hop it, so he's on first base. So now Bob Boone is up. And um, he bunts over to first base. Boa moves over to second quickly. And that's one out. But he gets, his job, gets the job done there. Now Greg Gross and Pete Rose is on deck, so it looks like more trouble for Houston. Um, Frank LaCourt is the pitcher. I think I mentioned that. And um, a sharp grounder is hit to first base. Bergman snags it, goes to the bag himself. That's two outs. And with first base open, they, um, they go ahead and walk Pete Rose, who's due up next. And then Greg George Vukovic. No relation to Pete Vukovic. I looked that up. I was like, is this guy related to Pete Vukovic? No. But George Vukovic comes up. He's the pinch hitter in the pitcher spot. So that removes Tug. So now Tug's not going to finish it um, because they're going to try and get it here. Now um, with the game tied at 7. Um, Vukovic, 24 years old. He's a rookie. First and third. Two outs. Big spot. The crowd runs full. Mike Schmidt is on deck. And um, he hits a grounder to Reynolds. Or Sorry, he gets... Um, Sorry, um, the pitcher gets him to hit a grounder to Reynolds, and um, that's the end of the inning. So we go to the bottom of the ninth, and um, Jick Ruthven is in the game for the Phillies, and he gets the Astros to go down one, two, three, so we have to go to extra innings. So here we go, extra innings, top of the 10th inning. Frank LaCourt is still in. Mike Schmidt's leading off. LaCourt gets him to an 0-2 count, and then LaCourt strikes him out. The crowd's going nuts. That's one out. Um, that's three strikeouts by Schmidt in this game versus three different pitchers. Not a great game by Schmidt. Del Unser, who, had the, who got the big hit to give them the uh, go-ahead earlier on, he's up next. He's a veteran. He played, um, he's been in the league for a long time. He goes. Um, um, he hits a shot past Bergman over along the first baseline, and um, he goes to second base for a double on that. Then Manny Trio's up. Manny Trio hits one to the center field warning track. And um, Unser tags up. Um, good base running by Unser. He tags, um, unlike what happened with Lonnie Smith earlier, because he knows he's going to go to second base anyway and advance anyway because the ball's hit so hard. Um, the ball's caught, but he tags and he um, goes over to third base. So Gary Maddox is up next. Man on third. And um, Gary Maddox is up. And this is the big moment. 
Give Philadelphia the lead, 8-7 to seven in the top of the 10. Yeah, Poole overran that ball. Maddox gets the base hit. That gives them the lead 8-7 to seven in extra innings. The Phillies are high-fiving the runner who scored. They're pointing over to Maddox at second base, and um, they're up 8-7. to seven. So um, they're excited. And um, Boa is, Larry Boa is the next batter, and he lines out to second base. So that's the end of the inning. So we got to go to the bottom of the 10th. The, Ast- the Astros are down 8-7, to seven, and it's their last chance. Due up for them is our Woods, Terry Poole, and Enos Cabell. Danny Heap comes up to pinch it for Woods. The crowd's chanting, and uh, Howard Cosell's kind of waxing poetic on past pennant games. Keith Jackson actually has to cut him off to call him Danny Heap's at that. But um, the count to, deep, to Heap runs all the way to 2-2. Two two. He hits a pop-up to short that Boa has to go out into shallow left field to get, but he gets it, so that's one out. So the Phillies now are two outs away from their third pennant in their history and their first since 1950, and their first World Series appearance since 1950. Um, Terry Poole is up next, the great hope, but he flies out to Maddox in center field. Now two outs. Now Enos Cabell is the last chance. Now remember, he hits well with nobody on base, and nobody's on base now. So the announcers get quiet, and with each pitch, the crowd tells you what happens. Roaring crowd. You know, if it's a ball, they're out there loud. If it's a strike, they're quiet, and so on. Don, Dries- Don Drysdale's not there anymore. He's gone downstairs to the clubhouse to get interviews. The count runs all the way to 3-1, and one, and Enos Cabell at one point thinks he's drawn a walk, but um, the umpire says no. The pitch, it was slightly off the plate, but it's called a strike. Did he swing at it? I don't know, but um, the point is that they're calling a strike. They're saying it's off the plate. Looks like he didn't swing. Um by the replay, actually, it's kind of hard to tell by the replay, but either way, he has to go back to home plate and finish up his at-bat. He, did, he does not draw a walk there. And when he does, he flies out to center field, and that's the end of it. The Phillies win. The Phillies run all the way out into center field. They pick up Gary Maddox, who got the go-ahead base hit in the top of the 10th, and um, they carry him on their shoulders. Manny Trio was named MVP, and the ball game's over, and the Phillies will go to their first World Series since 1950. The Astros have to wait several more years to go back to go to their first World Series. In fact, the Astros do not go to a World Series until 2005. So there you have it. This was a thrilling and fantastic game. It's a great game to watch. It's a great way to spend a couple hours. It's really good baseball with a lot of intense moves and shuffling and pinch running and this and that and just decisions that have to be made and um, comebacks and a lot of interesting players and a great call and Um, This is really just a fantastic game that should be talked about a lot more among great games in baseball history. This is the Over the Fence podcast. We're going to do a lot more games this year, and um, I'm back, and we're doing this again, and I'm going to get back into the swing of this, and there's going to be a lot more of this. So Over the Fence podcast, more games to come. For now, we're out.